Tesla finds his mark. Or down by Blight. Now they charge it towards that corner and get it over. It'll be Fizzler who comes up with it, and the Reds strike first. So disjointed in the tack there, the Brumbies, and Liam Wright, as he's done across the last month, swept in and stole a bat. He's been in terrific form. Tool gets hit late, really late, maybe even high. Just confirm that with me. There's Blythe coming through, looking for a charge down. And then he, oh, that's that's heavy contact from Blythe. He's in a lot of trouble. It's foul play. There's direct contact with the hit. There's a high degree of danger. There's no mitigation. So the player's going to be upgraded to a red card. White holding up the slipper. White again. Getting it wide. Lola Seal rolls it across the deck. And Tom Wright will get his first try of 20. 23. Extra man, there's five extra Brumbies there in that shot. It almost looked like everyone stopped. But was, hang on a minute. Are we, are we still playing? Great to have Waratahs with us in commentary. That's his retirement for the professional game earlier this week. McDermott beats one, beats two. Looking for Down Gurner here. McDermott holding it up. Tate is gone. He bounces out here. He goes 55 metres, he goes to the right, ball in two hands. No, no. Sure. Quickly away, and Tom Wright sends it for Muirhead. In turn, over for B.O.D. O'Donnell is in. And nice hands from the Brumbies to get out wide to Ben O'Donnell. Looking more and more ominous here. For the Reds, as Lonigan drives it through and gets it down, and it'll be the Brumbies who go to the break in front. Then Nick tumbling his way forward, White throwing it over the top. McDermott v O'Donnell. O'Donnell will leave it behind, and it'll be touched down by Lynn. Ikitao. Ben O'Donnell and Ikitao on the left. And they could see that Tate McDermott was defending on that right side. McDermott tried to shield him out. And then Ikitao goes over. Going wide. And now there's space for Tua, who blows past down Gunu and pushes the Brumbies out to a huge lead. Have some fun with this, that's for sure. Swain. Pulls it down. That's one has gone back. Queensland unbeaten in their last 13 starts here at Suncorp against Aussie opposition. Won't be the case tonight. Frost makes it emphatic. And then straight through the middle. It just shears to the left a bit. And you can see Frost gets arm on the ball as it was about to shear the left. And Nick Frost deserves a try. And at full time, it's the men out of the capital who finish has 52 to 24 winners. Yeah, there we go. 52-24, the Brumbies up over the Reds at Suncorp Stadium. Uh, boy, the weather was terrible, wasn't it, Gordy? Yeah, it was. I thought, yeah, the weather was obviously you know, not, not good at all, but I thought both teams actually played quite well, uh, cons considering the conditions. Um, but, yeah, yeah. Um, 
you know, I think the Brumbies were the Brumbies. Yeah. And the first half was obviously very tight with both teams. But then, um, yeah, the, the, the Reds, obviously the red card didn't help, but um, they just fell away. They just started being very unstructured, um, getting offside, turning the ball over, just silly, silly mistakes um, from the Reds. And, yeah, it would have been interesting to be in that changing room after the game with a... a um, a, uh, intimidating Brad Thorne. Yeah, well, I was going to say it's a very un-Brad Thorne-like thing to do, right? You know, in terms of that, that sort of behaviour or that, that sort of play. But uh, that's the other thing I was going to ask you. Uh, Angus Blythe, the red card. If you haven't seen it, look it up. It is possibly the most blatant red card that you will ever see outside of somebody just punching somebody. So it's a lock charging down a winger who's in open play. So there's not players around them. It's just the two of them. And I think, it, I don't know if he loses... He he doesn't realise quite how close he is to to the winger or or what it is. He seems to lose his bearings a bit, but he ends up launching himself into the winger, and uh, the top of his head collects the winger in the face. Right, so it's head on head contact, and it and this isn't like a, one of those accidental two guys run into each other. This is somebody trying to tackle someone and uh, cocking it up hum- uh, horrendously. The thing, like, referee made the right decision, right? He ended up being the right decision. He got a red card. But he gave him the yellow first and then set it upstairs, you know, which is the new thing. We'll yellow card you, upstairs then have eight minutes to decide if it needs to be upgraded. That's kind of what they're doing. But it felt like this was so obvious he should have just red carded him off the bat. Yeah, should have been a red card straight away. Um, but they they have a process that they, they're obviously running by at the moment. And um, that was a process... I wouldn't have thought many other people uh, who are watching the game or at the game would have thought anything differently uh, if the ref had given him a red card straight away. So, yeah, just you hear it all the time, uh, not so much these days, but in the past, the old brain explosion, Mm. and I think that's what um, Angus had. He... um, Yeah, it's hard to understand what he was was thinking that time. He'll be the only one to be able to sort of obviously tell everyone what happened but um, yeah silly thing because they were they were in a zone then competing against the Brumbies it was very close and we all know when you lose a player what um, how hard you have to work and at the back end of the game it kind of catches up on you so as as it did with the um, with the Reds in the second half. Yeah, um, this is the Bunnings Trade Rugby Run, Ricardo Ball and Gordon Simpson with you, power your business with Bunnings Trade Power Pass. Uh, Gordy, the Wallabies squad, uh, Eddie Jones announced a Wallabies squad of 33 the other day. Uh, they're not getting together physically as far as I can tell. I think it's just kind of doing some online meetings and things like that. Um, this, this squad initially anyway. Uh, but one player that wasn't in it was Tate McDermott, who has just been given a new four-year deal by Australian rugby. So someone's not talking to someone else. You give a bloke a new four-year deal and don't select him for the Wallabies, it's a bit of a head-scratcher. Very strange, especially with the way um, sort of Tate um, played on the weekend. The individual try was pretty outstanding. Mm. And um, to be fair, I'm watching the games up until date. I haven't seen any... Sort of nines from the from the Australian um, teams really put their hand up, you know, in a way that maybe he did. Nick White was obviously solid on on um, Saturday, um, sorry Friday with um, with the uh, Brumbies, but uh, yeah, it's really interesting if the Australian uh, Union signed a player up for four years and he doesn't get in the team. Um, I don't know if that's uh, trying to hold him off to go, from going overseas or getting a better offer, but it does seem quite weird. Um, there is. 
I did hear something on the commentary, and I could be wrong here, Century Cove. Maybe they're going to meet up there in a couple oh, okay. of weeks, Century Cove, possibly. Yeah. So it might be a um, – it might be – it might be um, they're all catching up there. Uh, don't quote me on that, but I, I do remember hearing that on the commentary. Yeah, so okay. there might be a get-together, um, but, yeah, a very strange one, uh, why why he's not in, the, yeah, in well, that squad. Well, Jake Gordon didn't make it either, the New South Wales Waratahs um, halfback. But, I mean, they it's one place they probably do have a bit of depth because they've got – uh, Lonigan, Ryan Lonigan out of the Brumbies as well, who's getting pretty much split playing time with Nick White. Both those have made it, and then you got McDermott and you got Gordon, who who go pretty well. So they got they got some uh, got some decent halfbacks to choose from at the moment. The Aussies. Yeah, I think over the last few years, Australia have always tended to have good halfbacks. They've, mm. they've always been sort of a player that you you remember from a game, you know, whether they've won or lost the halfback. And obviously he's in the game a lot um, and probably gets spoken about a lot, but they're, they're pretty solid, the Australian halfbacks. Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't see why you wouldn't include Tate, even in a squad situation, especially on that performance and in tough conditions. Yeah, I think he's been one of the one of the best halfbacks in, uh, for for the last couple of years. So it's an interesting one. Um, uh, something else that uh, kind of was made me go, oh, I'll ask Gordy about this. It's fourteen all in this game, right? The Brumbies get a yellow card, and you're the Reds, and they take the three with the other team down. They've got their, you know, they've they've had the Brumbies going backwards uh, at a rate of knots. The Brumbies get a guy yellow carded, and they're in the twenty-two, and they take the three. I mean, I get it was wet and the conditions weren't great. That that put them 17-14 up. It did give them the lead. But about two minutes later, the Brumbies scored a try down the other end with 14. So it did make me wonder, what's your take on that? If the other team, you got the other team on the back foot, they get a yellow card. Do you take the three? Depends, really, I guess. Um, how the scrum's operating, uh, which I think it was going all right at that stage. Uh, the line out... Difficult with the line-out because you've got those conditions to play with, so it can be a little bit 50-50. Mm. Um, but, yeah, the other the other thing that you're seeing a lot of teams do at the moment, not so much, uh, probably more so with um, um, free kicks as opposed to penalties, is tap, con- control position. Yeah, Like you say, if they could have tapped the ball, set it up, and um, retained the ball, built some phases, and then and kept the pressure on the Brumby. So interesting call. The, obviously, there's something around that that they um, – that they were thinking about, uh, whether it was the conditions, maybe, whether they weren't confident in their set face um, ability at that stage. Um, but yeah, usually um, if you've got a team uh, on the back foot and you're pressing and you're pressing, you want to keep pressing as far as probably trying to get that ball over the line and, and get seven points as opposed to three points. And like you say, the Reds were in a position to do that. So yeah, interesting, uh, interesting um, call. But I guess we get those kind of calls all the time, so um, we can talk about it till we're black and blue. But um, yeah, it's it's done and dusted now, and yeah, they'll probably look back on that and go, you know, what do we do next time if we're in the in the same position? What's the opportunity? Yeah, yeah. Um, another guy, uh, you know, given uh, Gordy that you're uh, a loose forward by trade, as it were. Uh, I know he was on the losing side, but a guy that I thought was everywhere for the Reds uh, the other night and, and and really looked the goods was Fraser McWright. Yeah. Uh, Good runner with the born hand, strong uh, contact. He was really good in contact, um, and yeah, it stood up against um, against the team that was going forward. Uh, you always you always see the guys that stand up because uh, when they're going backwards, uh, because you see them a lot more. Some guys can go missing sometimes when the, those dark places appear, and and um, they're on the back foot all the time. But this is a guy that um, that um, 
I could see during the game, like you know, I, I, I tend to watch the loose forwards in most games more than any others. So um, he was certainly someone that uh, I noticed. And um, yeah, listen, uh, watch for that name a bit more in the future because I, I know he's possibly been in the Australian squad or played a couple of games for them. Yeah, um, You can't go wrong with someone like that who just sort of, he sort of, I guess he's like a Rob Valentini, just does that hard yards and, and takes the ball up and just no nonsense, just gets on with the game. So sort of similar in his mould. That's probably why it was such a good battle between those two. Yeah, those two, those two went head to head, didn't they? They, yeah. went, uh, they went well. Uh, what about from a Brumbies point of view then, mate? I mean, you mentioned Rob Valentini. Uh, Pete Samu was also in that in that loose full trio. Who, who, um, who really uh, stood out to you from that Brumbies team? Yeah, well, Rob Valentini always stands out. I don't know if it's because of his haircut or <laughs> like that. Um, but um, they just, they, they're such a structured team, the Brumbies, and they, they do their core cool jobs, and that's what they did against, especially in that second half against the Reds. So, um, yeah, he just, he just stood up and, um, and um, can, can, continues to play. He's, he's a consistent player. Um, and um, Pete Sama, well, we know Pete Sama from the days here, and he just. He does, age doesn't seem to matter with him. He seems to keep trucking on, and and again, just in a in a um, playing his his role in the team, and that's such an important role for the loose forwards to know their roles, and and as as is every position in the team, but especially if the loose forward, and especially in a in a, in a conditions like that, um, when it's difficult, um, and the ball is a little bit slidey, slippery, uh, retaining possession, building up those phases, um, and. Um, and obviously getting to those breakdowns so we can so you can start again. So, yeah, especially building the phases, that's a key thing, especially with Lucy's and stuff. Mm. Uh, I mean, like it did blow out, it was tight, but this was the, the top two teams in Australia. They currently sit second and eighth in the in the table. Uh, no, sorry, third and eighth in the table. Um, so it was good to get a, a take on there. The Brumbies clearly the best team in Australia at the moment.